0: Welcome back to Civil Action with Brian Kabatek and Sean Karnicki, and Sean isn't with us today, so we have a guest host. Please welcome Serena Vartazarian. Serena, hello, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. I'm very excited to be on the show.
0: Oh, you're the first person to say that, so thank you. (laughs) Uh, We will uh, let people know that this podcast usually, typically, covers recent cases that have come down from the Court of Appeal, the Ninth Circuit, the California Supreme Court, occasionally United States Supreme Court decisions that affect plaintiff's practice in, in California, our uh, firms based in Los Angeles. And this podcast, as well as all our other podcasts, can be where you typically find podcasts. That's usually Sean's line. I know he says something about Spotify and Apple and other places. We're also always available to answer your questions interested to hear what you think. If you have specific complaints, complain about Sean not being here, for example, we're willing to listen. But today, we have a special episode. Today's episode is going to feature the discussion about COVID-19 and law school, particularly that point in time in your law school career when you have uh, finished your, your career, your curriculum, you're in your final semester, you're waiting for graduation, then taking the bar. And of course, with COVID-19, everything's turned upside down. So I want to welcome our guest today. Gary Partamian is a third-year law student at Loyola Law School for at least a couple more days. We're recording this when we're in what seems like week 57 of the COVID lockdown. Um, and uh, we're welcoming Gary with us today, who's here remotely. So, Gary, say hello to everybody. Hi, everyone. This is Gary. So, Gary, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your background, uh, your experience, and how you how you ended up at law school.
2: Um, so, right now, as you mentioned, I am a third-year law student at Loyola Law School. Um, I went into undergrad, went into high school knowing I kind of wanted to be a lawyer. And um, so, I decided to pursue that path. Uh, I did take a year off uh, after college and worked in political campaigns where I was pretty much a um, campaign director in terms of the field operations. And we worked with a lot of different uh, campaigns uh, as a consulting firm. So we did assembly campaigns, we did city council races, and then I ended up going to Laverne Law School my first year and then I was fortunate enough to uh, be at the top of the class, and I transferred over to Loyola Law School. Um, when I first started at Loyola and even starting at Laverne, I wanted to go into criminal defense, and slowly I realized um, I would want to look into the civil field, and basically I worked for... Um, the Cochran firm my second summer and ended up here at Cavitech LLP. Um, and I will continue here after hopefully taking the bar soon.
0: Well, that that's great. And so you're now in your third semester. So I want to, I want to take this back in time. And then Serena, I'll have you ask some questions too, Gary, take this back in time and you're in your final semester in law school. Now, um, you know, my final semester in law school was real busy, but I was super excited. Serena, what was yours like?
1: Same, same. I was ready to get out of there. I mean, I I forget what they say about the third year. It's something like first year, they work you. Second year, they bore you. And third year, really, you know, you don't even know why you're there. You're just ready to go out and practice. So I was really eager to get out.
0: Right. And then, Typically, what happens is you have your final exams. And I I remember for me, there was a moment in my final exams in my final semester where I realized I am done with school after I went to night school. So, four years of law school, college, high school, everything. I was done, done, done. And it was like this great feeling when you're kind of done. You know, then you go to graduation and then you start studying for the bar. I mean, that's kind of the normal progression of things, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a special time. Definitely.
0: So not so much for Gary no, nope, and, not for and Gary. everybody else and the other, you know, seven or 8,000 people graduating from law schools in California. Gary, let's go back now to about February, March, when you started hearing about the
2: coronavirus and tell us that experience. Uh, so initially when we heard about coronavirus, uh, I didn't seem to worry that much because nothing was getting shut down. Nothing was getting canceled. And then we went on spring break, uh, right in the beginning of March and then our vacation came back and things had quickly changed. Uh, initially they told us that we will be missing just the first week. They will do a test run on running online classes if need be. Um, but, uh, experimental classes such as trial advocacy, civil litigation practicums, and stuff like that would stay, um, as, as it regularly is, meeting in classes. Um, and once that first two days were over, the school quickly decided to go fully online. That's when all these shutdowns began. And ever since then, we've pretty much been in lockdown and everything's online. What's, what's it like to take online classes? Honestly, uh, I I don't know if I can use the word hate it, um, but it's definitely not as, as good as a live lecture, um, where in a live lecture you can pop in at any time and there's a dialogue between the professor and you if you have any questions. Uh, online it's kind of harder, I know, especially for the teachers to get some participation because they can't see everyone, and sometimes when they do just call on names, they don't get participants um also i feel like the online experience you don't really get to you don't really get to get everything that the teacher wants to teach us a lot of our classes were cut short um and given we were given very brief summaries of certain topics and topics that are on the bar so i felt like that was um not beneficial for us to go fully online so
0: now we're getting into a a a phase in life where, you know, more and more classes could
2: potentially be online. What would you do to improve the experience? Uh, in terms of online, to improve that experience, I mean, I would do smaller classes. Um, I know that's kind of tough, especially with bigger law schools and n- not even just law schools, just bigger classes at some of the bigger schools like UCLA, USC. It, it, it is kind of harder, but I think when the classes are smaller, Um, the students tend to get that more of a one-on-one with the professor. Um, I do have a smaller class of 15 for a civil litigation class that Loyola offers and it's more one-on-one. So I feel like I learn more and I can ask questions when I need to. Um, whereas with the bigger classes, someone talks and tries to ask a question, but someone else is about to talk and ask a a question as well. So it's kind of hard. Serena, have you ever taken any classes online besides webinars and
0: stuff like that? Did you take ever take any classes online?
1: Hmm, nope. No, maybe bar classes, but that's about it. And that was strange. Just sitting yeah. through, you know, an online lecture on just hardcore law. So um, I can't imagine having every single lecture in law school, at least for my last semester, be online.
0: I, I know the big debate that existed at Loyal at the time was whether or not um, you would have graded exams, final exams, pass-fail, uh, or optional. You could take a grade or you could take a pass. Um, the school
2: ultimately decided to go a uh, pass-fail. How do you feel about that, Gary? Well, uh, initially, uh, I wanted to go with the grades and keep up the grades just because of that standard. And I wanted to make sure that I studied hard and there was no reason to slack off, even though... Right now, that it is pass fail, I, I find myself studying the way I normally do. Um, but once the dean sent out the message, uh, basically saying that you know a lot of people have been affected by this virus, some people have lost their jobs, some people can't even support their family and and have a place to live. Um, that kind of hit me, and and that's where um, I started kind of backtracking and thinking, well. You know what, I am, I'm going to be for pass fail at this moment because it, it isn't fair for those students who do struggle right. in those situations. Right. Less of a problem for you than for,
0: say, a first or second year who's trying to stay, hang on to a scholarship or trying to get a grade point average to help them get jobs or help her get onto a law review or, or, you know, something like class standing. So it it seems to me it would be an issue for a third year student who's trying to, Maintain a certain you know grade point average to say graduate with honors or 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 something like that,
2: um, but you know a problem all the way around right yeah definitely i mean for me i I've been doing very well um, and I wanted to keep that push going and and hopefully raise my g p a even more um, right. but unfortunately that's not possible at
0: this time. Yeah, and I think it came out of left field so quickly that it's it's was
2: just the best of no good solutions, right? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, each solution that they came up with, someone was going to complain. Um, and I feel like with this, even though it is pass-fail and you can't do anything for your GPA and it's not fair that you you won't get a great OCI job, I mean, it's the thing is that you have to kind of think of others' circumstances. And although you may not be going through something that bad and you have a house to live in, you have a meal, um, some of the other students don't, and that doesn't create an even playing field for them. So at least with a fail, um, as long as they show general confidence, things things we really don't
0: think about. I mean, these are, these are matters that, especially as practicing lawyers, don't really think about on a regular basis. Um, let me now go to sort of where we are today. So uh, first bad news, no real graduation planned, maybe somewhere in the future. How do you feel about that? Um,
2: honestly, uh, I, that was the thing I was most concerned about when when this whole thing started happening. Um uh, the first thing I thought about was, well, I still want graduation because, I mean, a lot of us, not just myself, a lot of us work really hard to get to this point. It's not easy to get into law school uh, and it's not easy to complete it. Um, so, Are you the first person in your family to graduate from law school? No. Um, so I have multiple uh, people in my family that were lawyers. Or are still practicing lawyers? So you got a lot
0: of classmates though that fit in that category. In fact, a lot of a lot of the students at Loyola are first time in their family that someone's graduated from college. First time someone's graduated from law school. So graduation is a big deal, right?
2: Yeah, it it honestly is. I mean, during the times that you do go to law school, there are very hard times. There are times where things get better, but I feel like the people, all the students, deserve to be recognized for their accomplishment. And at the end of the day, there's nothing that can replace a live graduation, in my opinion.
1: So you wouldn't want a Zoom graduation, I take it?
2: Uh, Honestly, not really. Uh, Although our school is doing a Zoom graduation uh, and postponing the real one until it's safe to pretty much gather again. Um, but yeah, I really do not like the idea of a virtual graduation. Yeah, I, 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 bet, I,
1: I bet you don't. Uh, does it, does it take the excitement away from graduating? You know, you're supposed to do it right after. I remember mine was the day after finals or something like that. Um, but, and you're so excited about it and it's just kind of, you know, a really big accomplishment. And then you start getting into studying for the bar. Like, I think it's immediately the day after. So does it take away that excitement? Like you're going to sit there over the summer and possibly have a graduation later on in the year?
2: Uh, honestly, yes. Um, so the thing is, to, to me, I kind of view as the ultimate excitement of, of finishing this whole educational system in, in the law as passing the bar. And basically, the minute you find out that you pass, like that, to me, that's like the ultimate excitement. But I, I do feel that the graduation in between kind of re-energizes you and, and makes you feel that sense of accomplishment so that you can go ahead and, and get into the um, mindset of, I need to sit down and study for two months and take this test. So I feel like there is some pre-excitement, but the ultimate is is passing the bar. So, you know, we're sitting talking to Gary Partamian, who's a
0: third year at Loyola Law School about to graduate. You know, I, I my hope for you, though, and all of your classmates is that when there is a real graduation with pomp and circumstance and, you know, three or four thousand family members in the audience, that it'll be all that much more meaningful because you've gotten through this. So let me, though, turn the attention to what I, I, I want to spend the rest of our time talking about today is this is a um, this is a horrible situation. Because right now, as we're doing this recording, we know that the uh, bar is not going to be held in July. Uh, The state bar and the Supreme Court, which oversees the state bar, is been talking about September. Um, There's a lot of us that don't think that September is going to happen because, um, and I'll get to that in a second, but because um, it's probably unrealistic at this point. And they're talking, then, would it be November Would it be possibly no bar at all and just wait until the February bar and then everybody takes the February bar? So those, as I understand it, are the options that are on the table right now. Now, the reason I'm concerned about a a September date, Gary, and anybody listening to this, is that if there's no 100% absolute guarantee that there would be a way to administer the bar in September, we got to back up, say, until late July when you'd start preparing for that bar exam and if you started preparing for that bar exam and four weeks later find out that they're not going to have it in September, that's in some respects worse. So let's first start by, uh, uh, Serena and I can exchange um, stories about the bar because I will tell you this about taking the bar exam, you will remember everything about it for the rest of your professional life. I took <laughs> it over thirty years ago, and I can remember it like it was yesterday. Right?
1: That's right. I took it five years ago, and you know, not not more than a month ago, I had a nightmare that I had to take it again. So uh, that happens here and there. Uh, I definitely remember it.
0: So, Gary, w- what would be your preference right now if you had a vote? about when they'd administer the bar?
2: Um, right now, I wouldn't mind to take it in July if if that was possible. Um, considering that that isn't possible, I wouldn't mind taking it in September just because it's only a month in terms of the pushback because the July bar is at the end. So I, I wouldn't mind a September bar.
0: How would you feel, though, if you started preparing for the September bar, say, you know, we all agree that it's a couple months you need to prep for the bar, and you start preparing at the end of July, and Memorial Day weekend, they say, you know what, Gary, we we just don't feel it's safe enough to administer it in late September. How would you feel then?
2: uh, It would not be good, um, especially... It would suck, I think, is the word you're looking for.
1: Suck. Soul crushing.
2: It it really would. It would suck because, I mean, it's really hard studying for the bar, at least from what I've heard. Um, It's hard to study for any final in law school. So um, imagine 10 times the amount you have to study for the bar and putting in four weeks and then being told, well, it's not happening. Uh, I just feel like it's wasting time at that
0: point. God, you know, you have, there there are uh, 17,000 Living alumni from Loyola Law School and over 200,000 lawyers licensed to practice in California. And I bet every one of them would agree with what you just said that it would be so what Serena said about soul crushing and how you'd feel if after prepping for a month you're told, nope, sorry, it's going to be later in the year. Oh, yeah.
1: Sounds horrible.
0: So, with that in mind, uh, another problem that I was thinking about with this issue, this dilemma, is think about how Serena and I, like, when you graduate from law school and you start immediately going into studying for the bar, it's sort of seamless, and you kind of know more pure law then than any other time in your life. And now there's this prospect of there being
2: a gap, perhaps a a long gap. How does that, how how do you feel about that? Well, with that... That, that was my biggest concern, honestly, of, uh, people advocating for a provisional license where basically you work under an attorney for a certain amount of time and, and when it's safe to take the test, you can take it. The, the thing is, I feel that when you are in law school, you're learning everything and, and you're so assimilated to the way of thinking that law school pushes on you that when you're far removed from that and you let's say you are practicing under the provision uh, supervision of a, of an attorney i feel like it removes you further and further of those basic concepts and ways of thinking that you had in law school that's more required for the bar and i and i feel like that could be very detrimental and the bar pass rates they're already pretty low um it could push it to be very uh, much lower when it does come time to take the test
0: yeah, I'll point out. Loyola has a very strong bar passage rate, but it, it's it it doesn't make life easier, right? That if you have to take this big long delay now, which which looks sort of imminent in some respects, how would you feel if the bar was just discontinued altogether until February?
2: I mean, again, that's that's really hard, just because a lot of us are are wanting to get our license and start practicing and making money. Um, To be able to support ourselves. And a lot of, a lot of people, uh, including myself, have student debt and we would like to start paying that off before more interest builds. And besides that, again, pushing it to February, we're still, we're getting very far removed from the basic ways of thinking that we've learned in law school. And that, that stuff can go away very quickly. Like, a lot of the things you learn first year, you quickly forget by second year. So the fact that you're, that we are removed even more, um, it, it makes it harder to get that info back when we start reviewing it. I certainly hope that Loyal
0: and, and the other, um, at least the ABA-accredited law schools in California, if if the bar does get continued all the way to... February. God, I sound like a lawyer, right? When I say continued. If it gets pushed to February, right? If it gets pushed to February, I hope the law schools do something in December, maybe in the evening, where they would do some kind of refresher, you know, like like pre-bar review, bar review.
2: Certainly would help. Yeah, I, I think that would help a lot. And I mean, if it, if it does get pushed back that far, I think it's on a lot of us students to be self-disciplined. And do review in the meantime. Um, if that means we're working and studying an hour a day won't hurt to pretty much make sure that information stays fresh in your head. So when it does come time to the bar, um, it's not as hard to to remember everything when you're in bar prep. So you touched on
0: one subject. Sorry, Serena, did you want to ask a question?
1: I feel like you're about to get into it. Is it about the provisional licensing?
0: We can go there next. Jobs okay. and provisional licensing. So yeah. there's been some talk, um, some serious talk about there being some kind of a provisional license. In fact, just yesterday I saw that Utah is going to have a provisional license for students that attended an ABA accredited law school, as long as they're under the supervision of a lawyer admitted to practice in Utah or a judge. Um, I, you know, I, I my feeling about that is not that anyone's asking me my feeling about anything, but I offer my opinions all the time, is it's probably a good idea as long as the the person, the law school graduate, would be would be supervised by an experienced, admitted lawyer, right? And I was like saying 10 years, someone said five years, um, because it would be really dangerous to the public if you had somebody who just graduated from law school who goes out and hangs on a shingle
2: and hasn't even passed the bar yet, right? What are your thoughts about the whole thing, Gary? With... Uh, with the provisional licensing, I think there are pros and and, and then there are cons as well. Uh, I mean, I feel that in terms of the positives, uh, people can get to work and start working right away, so they don't have to worry about the money aspect as much, and basically they can they can learn underneath the supervision of a lawyer. Uh, the downside, I feel like, is it, it kind of looks as if it's a glorified law clerk position almost. Um, and that's a consensus from a lot of my classmates um, and and what we, we've come to think of it. But then also, it, it brings up concerns in the fact that once that supervision is over, um, are clients going to actually want you to be their lawyer, um, considering the fact that you've never passed the bar um, and then marketability in terms of getting a job do do firms want to go ahead and hire um, that that person who has the provisional license? The, I, I feel like it may drive down the market for those people if you don't already have a job lined up. Well, that's a that's a bucket full of topics you just threw in there, and so
0: let's try to unpackage it as best we can. I mean, first. Um, you know, a guy like you who's coming to our firm and gonna be working with us, and at least I hope you are. Um, you've got, you know, you got a good firm with good people that are gonna uh, supervise you, so you're in pretty good shape. I just don't know what the provisional license yet would allow you to do. I mean, would could we send you to a deposition without a supervising lawyer there?
1: Right. I was gonna ask that too. Could you handle a trial? I mean, we don't know.
0: Right. And and. We don't know um, what, what, the, what the breadth of it is. So is it like you suggest a glorified certified law clerk or is it something more?
2: Yeah, and I think we won't know and, and a lot of it is speculation right now. But I think a lot of students and myself, we're, we're all concerned in terms of can we do depositions? Can we go to trial? Can we do hearings? And I mean, as a, as a new attorney, that's some of the biggest things that you want to do to start getting that experience to make a name for yourself and be a great lawyer and well
0: another topic we can cover sometime also is the lack of experience that most young lawyers get when they first come out of law school anyways but let me let me kind of change the subject slightly just pivot slightly on this which is you know you're not gary partamey you're you know bob smith who doesn't have a job and we know that um more than half of the students graduated from law school don't have a job on the day of graduation for the most part.
2: Um, What does that person do? It's really hard. I mean, I I know a lot of people who who don't have jobs right now and it's hard as it is um, after taking the bar and trying to secure something in the meantime while you wait for bar results. But everything has been Pushed back, and a lot of classmates um, who are in that situation have told me, "Well, no one's even hiring at this point. They don't even want to look at resumes, and and it's very tough for." I mean, there
0: are some firms out there that are laying people off right now. There's some firms that have revoked offers. It's it's you know I've been around long enough to have experienced this several times in my career, where the market the marketplace shifts from. A uh, employee's market, you know, an associate's market to an owner's market. And it's shifting back that way very quickly this time.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I definitely know a lot of classmates and colleagues who are working for defense firms that their offer has either been revoked or Uh, pushed back to January as a uh, security.
1: Right. And some of these, some of these, I don't want to call them kids, but some of these friends and students that you, at Loyola, I bet they spent their whole second summer working at these big law defense firms, right? Um, And they were committed to the firm and now they're getting their offer revoked. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that's pretty much what's happening. And like I said, if it's not revoked, they're pushing their start dates back. And a lot of these people um, need to start making money at some point and and it's really detrimental to them financially. Of course it is, it's horrible. I mean it's it's insult upon insult right yeah i mean it, it makes it worse um in terms of everything that's going on it, it makes the situation worse
0: so now you're somebody graduating from an aba school you're going to at least have a little bit of a benefit but somebody that graduated from one of these unaccredited law schools or unapproved law schools are um are even in a worse position aren't they
2: yes they are i mean if if I can share a little experience, is um, so like I said at the beginning, I um, went from Laverne Law School, who was uh, ABA accredited um, but a very low tier, um, and uh, transferred to Loyola, Le- Le- uh, a very high tier school, and just in terms of trying to secure a clerkship was very hard uh, back when I was uh, there. So. I think it makes it 10 times worse now um, that employers are looking to actually hire and not even just a volunteer position or clerkship. It, it makes it very hard for them um, to secure a job if, if you're not an, at an ABA-accredited school. Well... I can
0: tell you that at Loyola, the alumni are doing everything they can to try to work on this problem, to try to help people get jobs. It's not going to be easy. People may have to take jobs that, frankly, are um, low-paying, but an alumni at least has uh, opened up their heart and found a job for somebody for six months so that they at least could have something on their resume and some job until they're actually able to take the bar, and hopefully that'll pave the way to something else. Uh, but it's bad. I mean, this is a bad situation. If you don't have a job, you can't even get the provisional license if they give the provisional license out. Nobody knows when the bar exam is exactly going to be given. I, If I were a betting person, I would say February because it's certainty. Um, but that's of no cons- consolation to anybody because you're graduating law school and you want to have your license in six months as opposed to waiting literally a year from graduation to get your license. And there's no there's no winners here, and this is a very bad situation.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, how you mentioned is some people willing to open up their doors for a couple months and and get uh, get a student who is on that provisional license. I think that's something huge and and very beneficial to that student. Just because in law school, um, the experiences your your summer clerkships your um externships if if you are fortunate enough to get those they play a big role in securing a um securing employment after law school and so i think that's huge uh, if people are able to open their doors um for students who are on that provisional license so that they can get some kind of experience
0: so Serena Vartizari and any final questions for Gary today
1: you know i think i have a question for you Brian you know with someone, as someone with your experience, you've, you've been around practicing a long time. You've that's seen, code
0: for old. Yeah, okay. For Go old, ahead. yes, uh-huh. yes. Yeah, code for old, <laughs> you yep. Know,
1: you, you've seen a lot of things happen in this industry. I, I can't imagine that you've seen anything that like this that's ever happened. But what piece of advice would you give to students like Gary who are graduating and, um, you know, trying to kind of prep for this time of uncertainty in the legal field?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you this. Thank you for this. It's it's a good question. And thank you for asking it because I do have advice. And um I, I would tell people, the first thing I tell people is get a job. Get any job you can. It's going to suck. There's nothing about it that you're going to like. It's not going to be that $200,000 a year big law job. Um, it may not even be doing something you necessarily want to do, but the most important thing right now is to secure a job because resume gaps are a killer, and people don't appreciate that at the time. Um, and and secondly, jobs beget jobs. So having jobs will help you get other jobs, and you will get that job that you want. It's just going to require patience like everything. And look, I've been around long enough to have seen nothing you're right, nothing like this at all. Um, but in the 90s, there was a real dip in the job market in the mid to late 90s. Uh, 9-11 came along, that hurt for a little while. Then the recession 2008 really took until like 2012 or 13 to start to recover. And I've seen this. And having a job and getting a job and working on um, your career is super important. So sitting around and feeling sorry for yourself or upset because, you know, the timing's off here isn't going to do anything. You're going to have to take the responsibility for yourself. And Gary, I, I know you've done that, you know, not just by working at our firm, but but your interest in the career, uh, the fact that you went to one law school and transferred to another, that you really want to be a lawyer. It's great. You're on the right track. I I, I wish there was better things um, to say right now. It, it, but as my mother would say, this too shall pass. So um, hang in there. Hang in to anybody who you knows in this situation and you're a lawyer. Help them. Please get them a job. Help them find a career path. Reassure them that it's going to be okay because it is going to be okay. We're going to get through this. So, Gary, thank you very much for joining us today. This is Brian Kabatek, normally with Sean Carnegie on Civil Action. Appreciate everybody tuning in and listening to us. You can find us where you normally find podcasts. Uh, also, we have weekly podcasts on the law, other interviews. And we appreciate your feedback. You can contact us at kbklawyers.com, kbklawyers.com. And uh, thank you both for being with us.